Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com/bike/rentals. A jury awards a female Google Cloud executive 1.1 million dollars because the company gave higher pay to less experienced male cohorts and later denied her promotions in retaliation for complaining about it. On the heels of the password sharing crackdown and a 70% increase in ad-supported tiers, Netflix has a better-than-expected third quarter. The company is still hiking subscription prices, though. Google is rolling out RSS to YouTube and YouTube Music, but it isn't quite what many podcasters expected. And could former Fuji's member Pros be granted an appeal because his former lawyer used AI to write closing arguments in his federal court case? We've got all this and more for you in episode 103 of the Tech John from Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Brother Tech, aka. Y'all still paying to go see Lauren Hill show up two hours? <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't. I don't know who's still doing it. What a good friend of mine. I think she just really wants to see her. And every time she's anywhere within a like fifty mile radius of Philly, she's like, "You want to? Tr- you want to try?" I'm like, "No, I don't." <laughs> I, I listen. Fool me once. Like I know. I have no desire. To play myself, you know, in a in a venue, and typically the venue standing she, room. Only. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The venue, the venue she's played recently have been standing room only, and I'm just like to stand for two hours, three hours, waiting, and then gotta mm-hmm. wait. And then they said the show was terrible. She Can't sounded do it. terrible. Can't the, do it. The reinterpretations of the songs was terrible. Um, no, no, no. If you want to no. see Lauren Hill, sorry, Lauren, you got to go listen to the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Go catch Sixter Act or some old Fuji's videos. But outside of that, you can't pay money. This 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 cannot do it. Just I mean, I guess it. you could, but it's a crapshoot. You like you you better like, off which get Lauren are you getting? <laughs> right. Figure out which venue she gonna show up to on time and be a dope performance because they are they've been there. They exist in recent times, but. Who knows when that's going to show up? It may be middle of nowhere, Iowa versus she showed right. up in L.A. where everybody hype and then she, you know, mess around. So yeah. <laughs> like I love Lauren Hill, but no, you're not going to. I wouldn't even go for free. That's how bad. The <laughs> no, because you got to stand up. Is. Yes, that's how bad. <laughs> and not only that, I wouldn't go for free if I could sit down. I, I just and, and I don't not, have three hours to sit around waiting for somebody. Not if she's right. the headliner. Some of the she can't sing the songs the way she can because of copyright. So she got a acapella or alternate, you know, chorus or whatever. It's like yeah. this ain't how I remembered the song. And it's like, man, ain't nobody got time for that. No, ain't nobody got time for that. I wouldn't even go for free. 
So, y'all, let's go ahead and get into a tech show. But before we do, I want to remind uh, our listeners that the Tech John is not just a podcast. It is also a live stream. So if you're interested in actually listening to us or watching us do the live stream live every Monday evening at 6 p.m., like Kayam and Charles and Saray, who are in the live stream with us right now, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech. John. That's patreon.com forward slash the tech J-A-W-N. We've got multiple tiers of support over there. Any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. So with that being said, y'all, I wanted to, this first story kick it off because it seems like no matter how far we get ahead, we always hear stuff like this. So Google now owes a former executive a million dollars, actually $1.1 million. After losing a gender bias lawsuit, a jury found Google guilty of sexual discrimination and awarded, I believe the name is pronounced uh, Uku, you know, Uku Rowe, a female Google Cloud executive, $1.1 million because the company gave higher pay to less experienced male cohorts and later denied her promotions and retaliation for complaining about it. So it's like we we have stories, I don't know, every month or six weeks about this kind of stuff. But it's, you know, this time it is, you know, a, a woman saying she's going through it. African-Americans go through it. Latino-Americans go through it. People of color generally go through it to where you get paid less for doing more in many cases than yeah. your white male counterparts. What say you? Yeah. It, it's pretty, it, I mean, it sucks, you know, that like, welcome to the bottom of the totem pole here, black woman. Hey, hey, how you doing? Um, it, it sucks. But the, the one thing that kind of stood out for me in the, uh, in the Verge article that you posted, it said, however, the jury reportedly found that while Google treated Roe differently than other employees because of her gender, Roe hadn't proven that Google violated New York law by paying her less than two of her male counterparts. So mm-hmm. basically, you're just allowed to do that, <laughs> you know, and and New York, at least, you know, I don't know what the law is in any other state, but. That's not a violation of law to to pay someone, you know, to less money. I mean, I guess is that illegal anywhere? Because that's the problem. If it's not, that's the larger problem. The companies are only going to do as much as they can get away with. But the fact that, you know, we don't have any sort of pay equity standards on the books officially in any state uh, necessarily is is, I think, a bigger problem. Um, that people don't recognize that this is something that needs to be, I don't know how you legislate that necessarily. However, the fact that, you know, knowingly paying her less money is not illegal, um, is a problem. And not only that, I'm surprised that these companies or these people that's working at these companies that's doing this discriminating, they not more like, low key on the down low, you know, kind of uh, right. slick care. about it. You know, it's like, all right, we know they, you know, they tripping, you know, they, they people on the lookout. So let me, let me do it a little bit different. Let me be a little bit sly. Let me be, they just outright like, nah. And then you complain. It's like, uh, no raises for you. That sounds like what they were doing in the sixties when women started entering the workforce and mm-hmm. all the way up into now, it's like the same story, but it's like, the companies, like you mentioned also, Stephanie, legislation, nobody's like, you know what, maybe we should 
do something <laughs> more concrete about this. It's kind of like, please, please, please do the right Maybe. thing. And if you do the wrong thing, it's like, yeah, we don't want to up do your whole business thing, but just please do the right thing. Just please. That's what it right. sounds like. Right. Just please You're waiting right on thing. the companies to do it. So right. Stephanie, to answer your uh, uh, original question, is it illegal to pay people different things? And it's like, if you haven't collectively bargained for everybody to make the same, then no, I don't believe in most places that it is illegal. Clearly in New York, it isn't because that's where this is happening. The other part of it, and this stems back literally to the, you know, definitely the 19th century, maybe even 18th century, but it's kind of like taboo for employees to talk about how much they make amongst each other. And if you really think about it, where does that come from? And I was, I, I was, I was reading an article. And the article was basically going back and it was looking at this generationally and it was looking at like only 4% of baby boomers actually talk amongst themselves about how much they make. And then it was like amongst millennials, it was like 14, 15% talks amongst themselves about how much they wake. And then, um, not, not millennials, uh, generation X, our generation, then millennials is like 34%. And then these youngins is just getting into the workplace over half of them talk about what they make and they, they, I got a job and they posted out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok to let people know exactly where they work and how much they make it and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's like a social norm to where we've been, you know, I, I will honestly tell you that even today, it makes me, you know, makes me feel some kind of way. Like you don't need to know how much I'm making. That's my business. But why is it like that? Because the companies, uh, it, it benefits the companies. Business, yeah, it, 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 it kind of is. I don't want nobody in your pocket. Though. You don't want to, you definitely saying. don't want anybody in your pockets. But if you have a whole society of people who never talk amongst themselves about what they make, these kind of things don't necessarily get easily rooted out. Oh, absolutely. And that's absolutely. probably why we're seeing way more situations today. Because just the, you know, the folks who are getting in these jobs are like, wait a minute, how much, how much you said you was getting again? And they don't really see that as taboo. They talk about it because ultimately they're strengthening these numbers. It, it really only benefits the company if you have no idea what your coworker who does exactly the same thing as you do. If you have no idea what they make, yeah. it only benefits the company. Absolutely. And. I have, you know, I remember when I was first getting into corporate America and, and, you know, and getting these contracts and, you know, getting a job or getting a raise within the job and you're sitting down with your manager, they don't want to say, so this is confidential. It's not confidential for me. It's confidential for them. So they would always say that. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't really tell anybody what I'm making. It's like, it's confidential information. It's like, no, you can go tell whoever you want to tell what you're making. It has nothing to do with you giving out your personal information. The company's rules say that they can't give out your personal information. And well, that, that to, only uh, benefits them. Charles's comment, he said, I always thought you could be fired for disclosing salary. And, and I think we probably all thought maybe not that you could be fired, but that there would be some potential consequence of that. Um, also, and, and, you know, I'm, since I am the, uh, woman on the, on the team, I will go out on a limb here and say, um, that Ms. Rowe may or may not have negotiated the same way as her male counterparts, because as women in the workplace, we don't necessarily always feel empowered to do so because, um, in her lawsuit, she, t they talk about the fact that um, she got hired at at a level eight 
and was making $750,000, which I'm just like <laughs> blowing my mind. However, people that had less experience and, and less skill set or whatever got hired at level nine and were making over a million dollars a year. So, you know, you talk about, you know, starting salaries and coming in at particular levels and different things like that. Right. I, my, I wonder, and, and I'm not trying to blame victim blame her necessarily, but I'm wondering what she was able to negotiate at the beginning um, versus what these, what these men were able to negotiate because, you know, it's, it's been widely studied and reported on that women don't go into these processes with the same level of strategy and, and, confidence in asking for what you want or what you think you deserve. So I think that might've played into it a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely can. But uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Even if you're not openly talking about it amongst your coworkers, you should go look at things like Glassdoor and all of these other sites where they collect this kind of information. So you at least have a clue. The more information you have, the better you go into a negotiation. I've heard this. Who, he who talks about money first in a negotiation loses. I don't believe that. I believe that he who has the most or, or, or should say he or she or they or them or whomever has the most information about what they're going to be making has the leverage in, in that negotiation. And, uh, well, the, 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 the phrase is a little, well, so I back in college, I actually, uh, sold cars during the summertime. And the phrase that you're mentioning, like the first person speaks at a sales negotiation loses, right? So what that means is if I say to you, you know, hey, I'm interested in the car. I like it. Everything looks good. You know, I'm willing to buy it for $50,000. I'm supposed to shut up and wait and see what you say. Because if you don't say nothing and then I'm like, ah, well, but, you know, uh, I could get it down to mm-hmm. as low as forty five thousand. Right. Right. So that's where that phrase comes from to where different than what we're talking about now. Like we're talking about salary negotiation and you're talking about, you know, all these other things, you know, all the more reason for you to be like, look, I think I deserve this. I think I'm good at that. X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. And then, like you said, push the ball in their court. And then wait for them to say, all right, I'll take that. Or nah, we were more thinking X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Well, closed mouth don't get fed in this True. case. Right. In, in, True. That's, you know, that's, and that, that's, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Closed mouth yeah. don't get fed. So you got to be willing to, you know, ask for what you want, but also be willing to walk away if you don't feel like you're getting it. And right, that's, that's right. the key. You know, I think a lot of us just get locked into, I just need a job I or, need this you know, job. I've all, this right. Job. I need this job. And, 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 and it's, you know, we do listen, we got bills. People got to make mm-hmm. a living. Um, and like I said, this is not at all a reflection on what Ms. Rowe did or didn't do, but, right. um, but there is definitely something to be said for, you know, negotiating and asking for what you want. You got to be willing to walk away. And I would just say this, and this really doesn't have anything to do with the story. It just has to do with just, you know, it is always better to look for a job when you have one, when you, when you, when you are gainfully employed, because you don't have to just take whatever you can actually go out and find what you want. This makes sense some, based off and of there's some, so, yeah. And there's some socioeconomic stuff to that too. You mm-hmm. know, especially now, like I said, we're making this personal, you know, when I am, uh, 
looking for a job or whatever the case may be. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I got a family. Right. You know, I just can't be like, no, I can't take this job, you know, and then socioeconomically speaking, you know, some of those people, some of those men, some of those white men possibly who can say, I want X, Y, and Z, they're willing to walk away because they got their parents to fall back on. They got whatever else to fall back on. There are some minorities. There's some people socioeconomic to where I can't go live it, go move back in with my folks, right? My folks ain't got enough room to fit me let alone my wife and my three kids. You know what I'm saying? I just can't go crash on somebody's couch until I get a job. It's like, I need this job. So yeah, I can talk slick. But when the numbers come out, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm That's like, right. when, I'll take when you it. running them numbers, <laughs> like, mm. Well, one of the reasons you might need to make sure you're getting the numbers right is because your Netflix subscription is about to go up again. I don't know if y'all have, have seen this, but uh, and I, before we talk about the prices going up, but y'all remember back, uh, back in the day, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten months ago, back to the beginning of the year, uh, when Netflix started cracking down on password sharing and you, you heard all these folks talking about, oh, I, you know, if, if, if Netflix makes me pay for the free stuff I'm getting right now, I will never sign up to Netflix. I'll, I'll, I'll go get, you know, I'll, I'll go get Hulu or I'll get this other thing first that I pay for just despite Netflix. Well, None of that really worked because Netflix just reported their quarterly uh, earnings and it was one of the best quarters in recent memory. And one of the things that they're saying that drove this quarter, that their subscribers are up literally 9% in the quarter is that password sharing stuff worked. But it's even better for Netflix because the company also saw a 70% increase in its new ad supported plans. And one could say that things because of this are going pretty well for Netflix. So my question to y'all is if things are going so good, if they, if they added 9% to, to the user base that the ad supported plans that they just brought up this year are up 70%, why is this company about to jack their price up again for the second time? This year, what's your, what's your boys? What's your boy say? Greed is good, <laughs> right? I was like, is, is that was that rhetorical? It wasn't. It was definitely a rhetorical. It was definitely a rhetorical question. I'm like, do we not understand how capitalism works, or do we need to do a little lesson on that? Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I'm gonna have to figure something out because I'm paying way too much for Netflix right now. I think I think they may have finally caught up to all the people I was sharing my account with, um, and have just added bump me up into the tier that will allow for that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to revisit what I'm paying for at this point. And, you know, some folk might have to get kicked off or, uh, you know, I may have to go to a ad supported version of it or, or something to that effect. Cause Netflix is getting expensive. Oh, it's, it's really expensive. It don't make no sense. Yeah. It they, don't make no sense. They want twenty two ninety nine. For the premium plan, that's up three dollars from nineteen ninety nine, and then the basic plan, which you can't even get anymore. You know, you, if you have it, you stay grandfathered into it, but you can no longer sign up for their basic plan. That's going up two dollars, up to eleven ninety nine. So they're like, yeah, and, we, we had this great quarter, and we want more money from y'all. And, and here's and what's it's in- only because they they okay. they are spending so much money on content now Mm -hmm. you know netflix used to just be that repository for stuff that was already out that you could go find but now netflix studios and original series and movies and they paying people you know paying dave Chappelle uh, a jillion dollars every time he does a, a comedy special or whatever it's just like they they need the money um but i don't know necessarily that the content 
supports that anymore. I mean, I still watch Netflix, but definitely not as much as I used to. Um, and, and there's not a lot on there that is like destination watching for me anymore. I mean, there are a couple series I like and when the new season comes up, I'm like, oh, wow, new season back on Netflix. But it's, it's, there's not a ton of, I know a lot of people are into Love is Blind and a lot of the other reality shows that they're doing right now, but there's not a ton of content on Netflix that is, is must see TV for, for me personally anymore. So I'm definitely going to have to revisit what I'm paying for and maybe downgrade my subscription. And, you know, you talk about those series, you know, they, for whatever reason, I don't know if there's some sort of science behind it, but, you know, they'll put out a good series and then it'll take forever for them to put out another season. And then they only do like one or two seasons. They'll get you hooked on the cliffhanger and that'll be the end of the whole, the whole daggone series the stuff. That was the, the quote unquote moneymakers. You got that. And then you got the stuff that jumped the shark. Like you mentioned, love is blind to me. I watched like the first season, but then after that, it's, you know, it was clearly, it's like these people are on here, not necessarily to quote unquote find love, but it's right. like, all right, let me get my, let me get my start. Let me get this jump. Right. Off, my know, brand is getting, <laughs> getting more ridiculous and more mm-hmm. outlandish. And it's like, all right, I'm out. Right. So then you add that on top of, I heard something about Netflix ordering us, uh, um, doing brick and mortar stores. To sell what exactly? That's that's a story I saw in the news to where they're thinking about, you know, opening up, you know, stores. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Think of like a planet Hollywood for Netflix. So one of the things that Netflix does now fairly regularly is they do pop up stores in big cities. And it'll be around, it'll be around Bridgerton. It'll be around Stranger Things. It'll be around big stuff like that. Um, give us, give us, give us good content. So with the, I know, no one needs to do that. It it, it looks like they're going to do it because when you think about, I'm I'm looking at it. It says, uh, just real quick, I'm going to just give you this quote. Long after the fall of Blockbuster, Netflix is planning to open new brick and mortar locations in 2025. But instead of browsing video rentals, customers will shop for merchandise, eat at themed restaurants, see live entertainment and participate in immersive experiences surrounding hit Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. The same show that only came out for one season and ain't came out since. Right. Gotcha. And <laughs> do I love Netflix content that much that I need to go Netflix house? Hey, I did hear about Netflix yeah. house. That's what the name of the stores are going to be called. Um, I don't need no Netflix retail merch. I, I, I don't like any of the shows enough to want to be in a Netflix experience necessarily. Um, the, the ha, only one though I would go to, I mean, I'm looking here on the, on the article, the Bridgerton. Yeah. They do those Bridgerton balls. I would probably get dressed up to go to something so like that. So that, that's what they're uh, doing. Uh, it's like, so they're, they're not just making this decision in a vacuum to do these pop-ups. They, they, they have data that backs up that as long as they don't have to go into it thinking that they need to be cash flow positive on this for Netflix. They have said repeatedly, this is marketing for our shows. This isn't about us having a restaurant that's going to compete with the restaurant next door to it. We're not doing that. We're, we're going in to have this experience. So as you said, Steph, the uh, folks can come to the Bridgerton party because folks who are in the Bridgerton, you're talking about hundreds of people who would stand in line dressed up in that Victorian era garb to just get in to whatever venue and other things that folks were mentioning could happen. So you mentioned about how they're paying Dave Chappelle a crap. 
upload of money to put his content out there. I think I just heard that Kevin Hart and Chris Rock are, are doing a concert together that's going to be filmed on Netflix sometime at the end of this year. So like next uh, November, December, I can't remember. It might be early January. I can't remember the exact date of that. But what they're saying is that, oh, you could have maybe not them because they need they literally need stadiums or, or, or you know, basketball arenas to do those size concerts. But like Earthquake, Earthquake had a special on Netflix. I thought it was excellent, but that was like a comedy club. It was, you know, maybe, you know, 2000 people could fit in that type of in that type of venue. The Netflix house could be something like that to where you go to see Earthquake, but you're not going to, you know, the Playhouse downtown. You're not going to the, you know, the Funny Bone or whatever you have, you know, the comedy club. You're going to Netflix's place where they can actually host this kind of stuff. So I'm thinking, ah, oh, that's that's actually kind of interesting. And as long as they don't try to make money off it to where competing with other venues, it is just a marketing thing. It'll work for a couple of it, money. If you want me to spend twenty two dollars a month, you better be right. trying to make yeah. some money off of this. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it's, my money. yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, um, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know that there's enough of an incentive there for me to get more involved with Netflix mm. in any deeper <laughs> retail themed, you know, way, you know, or, or anything else. It's just like, it, it's, it's, it's TV, it's TV. Like yeah. where I'm good. It's just TV. Yeah. I just, uh, hello kitty. Uh, there was like a hello. Something came out with, her. I don't know what it is. Cause I'm not into hello kitty, but something came out with hello kitty probably in the last month or six weeks. And my wife and I went to breakfast and we see this line of people. I'm like, well, that's not, that can't be the line for the, you know, for the iPhone. They're too far away from the Apple store. That's like on the other side of this, uh, you know, other side of this open air mall. And, uh, it's like, what are these folks standing in line for? Why are they all dressed up like, uh, that cartoon thing? It's like, Oh, Hello Kitty came out with some stuff. There were literally hundreds, if not thousands of people standing in the line to go get some Hello Kitty stuff. I could see that happening with Bridgerton, with Stranger Things, if that comes out again, and with some of these other shows that just have these cult followings on them. So, um, it'll, it'll be interesting. God bless me. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. So y'all, another thing that we, we should talk about this episode, because we are podcasters, we are content creators, but Google, and we've talked about this a couple of times this year, Google has announced that uh, YouTube music is going to become their default podcast player. 
And, you know, they, they, they didn't say it was going to be the default at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, they said that YouTube music would actually get podcast in it. And then they added it, you know, a few months later. And then about a month or six weeks ago, they came out and said that their official podcast player app, which is called Google Podcast, was going away. They're deprecating it. And YouTube music would get that functionality and it would be the thing going forward. So some people kind of looked at that, myself included, kind of sideways. It's like, okay, that's, that's different because. YouTube Music, as it stands right now, is a horrible podcast listening app. You can't put RSS feeds into your own RSS feeds. If you're coming from another app, you can't import your OPML file to get all the shows you're already listening to into it. Um, it's just not that great of an app. And it's like, so it's just weird that Google would have deprecated what actually is okay. It's like, it's not like Google Podcasts is the greatest podcast app, but it, it serves its purpose. It, you know, it does what it does. But uh, last week, they held a, a webinar. And in this webinar, they talked about RSS is finally coming to YouTube. That's something they've been promising all year. And it's there. But when they go through this uh, webinar, it, it seems like they have collectively upset the entire podcasting community because folks were thinking that Google was going to do this thing that was going to be what's best for podcasting, the, the podcasting industry. And they're going to figure out this discoverability issue and, and virality issues that podcasts generally don't have compared to YouTube videos and TikTok and Instagrams and all that kind of stuff. And they forgot who Google was. And Google came out and basically told them, it's like, no, um, we're not doing none of that. Uh, what we're doing, and I'm paraphrasing here, is Google, it, this is my opinion of what Google is doing. They are, you know, somebody said, so how can we get more watch time on YouTube? Somebody says, well, you know what? Podcasts are pretty sticky. And then someone else said, well, why don't we actually make it so that somebody can pull their podcast directly into uh, YouTube? And that's basically what they're doing. So when you when you hear Google talk about RSS, it's not like RSS for anybody who understands how this technology works, like for other podcasts to where uh, I'll give you an example. We are on Spotify. We are on Amazon. We are on Apple. We are on Google podcast. We're on all these different podcast apps, not because we go upload our show to those particular uh, apps is because we've basically sent RSS to each of these apps and they pull our show down from our server where our show is hosted. That is absolutely not what YouTube is doing. Um, or what Google is doing with YouTube music. What they're doing is they're going to take your RSS file. They're going to pull your show down. They're literally going to download your show and then host your show inside of YouTube. So one of the benefits of the RSS way of doing things, let's say that we put a show out and we need to go make a correction and we, uh, we actually edit our file. I don't have to go to the 2,700 places that our show exists and make those changes. They just get pushed out via RSS. That's not what YouTube is doing. They're, they're going to download your show from the RSS file that you give them. And once it's there, it's just there. And the other thing, and this is where people are really getting upset, is that if you have ads in your show, not not host read ads, if you like if you if it's me reading an ad on air, that's okay. But if it's an ad that comes in between segments of a show and those are automatically uh, or should say dynamically generated, they're saying, nah, son, you can't do that. So a show like the Tech John that actually has dynamically inserted ads, we literally couldn't be on YouTube from our RSS feed because unless we were to go and pull our ads out or moving our ability to monetize and, and make money from the show. So that's so a mouthful. Are, are they, but, are they not gonna, um, 
how would they how would they do that? Like we, you know, if if we send our RSS feed to them, um, are they listening for our ads and and won't accept our content if they hear them, or are they just expecting people to send them clean files with no ads in them? So I don't know what the ramifications are and how they're checking, but I'm certain that they're going to check because the reason they don't want to do that is remember Google, you know, what is Google at its core? It's an advertising company. They, they make their money. I understand why they want to do it. I'm just wondering how they're going to. Make that happen. I would imagine that they are scanning, you know, once they get your ISS and they get your actual audio, they're scanning your audio to see whether or not it has markers in it for dynamically inserted ads. And if it does, nope, can't have this up on their platform. No different than if you were, let's say we were to put some copyrighted music in our show. We were to play something that we don't actually have uh, rights to. Once they realize that because they, they scan the content, they're just going to pull that particular episode down. So that's what my gut tells me would happen. And, is, and I would imagine that just like they do with any, you know, uh, you know, with, you know, for other YouTube channels, if you get too many strikes, they'll just ban your, you know, they'll ban your account. So it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because people were thinking that Google was going to do this stuff that is great for podcasting. And it turns out that no, Google is going to do what's great for them. Podcasts are absolutely sticky. People who listen to podcasts tend to listen, you know, you either drop off in the first two or three minutes or you listen generally to the entire show. So, um, podcasts can be long. They can be any, you know, 20 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Some, some of these shows are 90 minutes, two hours, three hours. And people literally listen from the beginning to the end. YouTube wants to get in on that. So they ultimately can make money. Now people are saying that, well, you can put YouTube ads on it and stuff like that, which is true. But if you had a really good deal where you've gone out, found it, you know, found advertisers and you're injecting their ads into your content, you may not get the same rate when, um, because Google's taking half of whatever you get that, you know, that that's not changing. You know, you, YouTube gets half of what you make. So well, a lot of podcasters are saying that this doesn't work for them. And I don't think that Google really cares. It's like, I hear some folks saying that, well, they're getting such pushback. They're going to have to come and change. Uh, I, I'm not really guessing Google's going to change much. And probably the, the reason why they don't feel like they have to change is because YouTube is a monstrosity in and of itself mm-hmm. for video. You know, I don't hear people complaining in reverse saying, OK, I've got this video documentary, this video series or whatever the case may be. And I publish it to, I don't know, Vimeo or wherever the case may be. And then, oh, now I got to mess with YouTube, figure it out. People go to YouTube first to publish their videos. And like Rob said, you know, they got YouTube ads. You got this whole technical thing on how you create, upload, publish on video. And typically what people do is they upload to YouTube first. Then they figure everything else out. Well, the Mm -hmm. podcasters are like, all right, we got all this other stuff set up on Apple Podcasts. We got all this stuff on all these different podcast feeds, like you said, over a cast and all these other things. Well, I just want Google or YouTube rather to work the same way as this audio format. Google's like, no, <laughs> we've got this already thing set up via YouTube. And if you want these YouTube dollars and you want this YouTube money, you're going to have to play ball our way or stay over here with all your a cast stuff like that. And then people are going to have to adjust and figure out what's beneficial for them. Now, if you, if this was new, YouTube music was just popping off. YouTube for video was just popping off. I'm pretty sure 
Google would say, all right, all you got to do is give us your RSS wherever you host it and we'll play ball. But since YouTube is this thing, right, they're saying, all right, well, how do we integrate audio? How do we integrate podcasts the YouTube way? And then people are just going to have to figure out how to do it unless, like I said, people, everybody, you know, I don't, I don't know what you can do to change it because YouTube is just this big thing. What they say goes. And if you want your content on YouTube, you're going to have to play ball because looking at how some of these YouTubers make all this money, people are going to have to decide and say, all right, do I want to protest this and keep my podcast off of YouTube? Cause I don't want to play ball their way. Or do I want to grab all of this potential listeners and all this potential ad dollars and whatever the case may be and brand notoriety or whatever the case may be. Do I want that? If so, I might have to play ball. I, I would be curious. I mean, I, it, you know, it, it sucks because YouTube is greedy and, and they just want to be greedy, but, um, it, right. <laughs> capitalism is going capitalism all day long. Um, but like it doesn't sound necessarily unless you get dinged by your, the advertisers that you've already solicited right. for removing their ads from your content. Um, is there that much of a downside? I mean, there's, there's like an extra step involved in, in having to maybe do this sort of separately from the way you're doing all the rest of your audio stuff. Right. Um, but you know, barring any unforeseen conflict with the advertisers you may already have taken that off, off the table. Um, is there any necessary downside, quote unquote, I air, I'm doing air quotes uh, for anybody that can't see me. Is there a downside to this beyond the fact that they're going to take half the money, um, but you're still getting an opportunity to monetize that you did not have previously? Um, and you're getting access to a, a behemoth of a platform where you could be, you know, discoverable by that many more billion people who may not be uh, checking for podcasts on on traditional platforms. So, you know, yeah, it sucks, but they can do it because they can do it because it's Google and 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 it's Google. Um, but like I said, barring any unforeseen conflict of interest with the advertisers you already have that you may have to removed to use the platform is there really a downside for a podcast um that would choose to use youtube as a platform i would say for 95 percent of podcasts or more probably not because the overwhelming majority of shows just aren't monetized in that way and when you think about the majority of dynamically inserted ads those are CPM style ads, the same kind of ads that are running on YouTube. From a podcasting standpoint, those are literally the worst kind of ads that you can run. You know, you're going to make generally the least amount of money for you. You just here's your content company scans your content and then they go out and say, here's the kind of content that shows up on. We'll talk about ourselves on the tech, John, who would like to advertise against that? That's generally the least amount of money you're going to make from spot, you know, from, from ads, uh, you know, on your content. So as I said, for most people, probably not going to adversely affect them when you start to weigh, well, what are the benefits? The benefits of being in something like YouTube is that YouTube is the number two search engine on earth, number two to Google, which is number one. Um, a problem 
that podcast have. And this is all podcast. Our podcast suffers from this. Every podcast suffers from this is discoverability. And the reason discoverability for podcast is so bad is because generally every podcast is its own independent thing. There isn't a YouTube that you go to and all podcasts are listed there. There isn't a, uh, you know, there isn't a Google that you go to. There isn't a DuckDuckGo that you go to a massive database of all podcasts where you can just go and type in keywords and all the podcasts are going to come back. Now, that's not to say that there aren't a bunch of really good podcast directories out there, but people are just so accustomed to going into their browser and typing in whatever they're looking for and whatever gets spit back on that first page is what exists in their mind. So that's what gets clicked on. And for podcasts, that is, it's just very, very hard for people to discover your podcast organically, where I think folks were hoping Google was going to go. It's like, oh, if you're going to give us your directory like you do YouTube videos, if you're going to give us the ability to go viral like you do with YouTube videos, um, that's going to be good for us because that's going to allow more people to find our content and then we can do more of the same of what we're already doing. But that's not what Google's doing. Google is saying, nah, we're not really trying to further along podcasting. We're trying to further along YouTube. You can give us an RSS and we'll pull your stuff into YouTube, but we're going to then treat your content like YouTube videos. And here's this is what I say to people about YouTube all the time. Everyone in the history of YouTube that has ever created a video and hosted it on YouTube, created the video and hosted it on YouTube. That is generally not the case when it comes to podcasts. As Terrence was saying, you create your content, you put it on your podcasting host, and then you use this mechanism called RSS to send that out to the universe. And then any any directory, any podcasting app, they can pull that RSS and pull your show down from your host. That is not how YouTube works. Every TikTok video that is a TikTok video is on TikTok. Every Twitch video that is on Twitch is a Twitch thing. Every YouTube video that is on YouTube is a YouTube thing. And now every podcast that is on that is on YouTube music or just YouTube regular is a YouTube video. And I don't, I don't think people were expecting that and they're not happy about that. And then when you throw in the fact that you can't even keep your ads in there and monetize yeah. what you were monetizing before, a lot of folks are just really, really upset with that. It's going to suck. And I think, I think the advertisers themselves may push back on this because I know if I was paying to host to put dynamically inserted ads in the tech john and now all of a sudden my ads are gone because you uploaded to youtube like i would have a i would have a problem with that um so it'll be interesting to see how much pushback podcasters get from the advertisers that they have currently and if that forces them not to use this platform because right. of it because again if i'm paying i need that ad to run wherever this podcast right. runs period and that's what i'm paying right. for i'm paying mm-hmm. i'm paying to hear this ad whenever somebody hears this podcast so right. now you're telling me you're not going to hear this ad yeah. because it's on youtube that's going to be a problem for me and what i'm paying for so it'll mm-hmm. it'll be interesting it'll be very interesting to see what happens wow the how this fight between because it's really a fight between advertisers and at this point th- that's a that's um, a solvable you know, the, the podcasters. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays that, out. That's a very solvable problem because the way that we do our ads, our ads are in our RSS 
unless you actually are a patron where you can get a, you know, ad free RSS directly from us. And when they're on YouTube, you just get YouTube videos. We don't have, we don't have the same ads there, but we never contracted with anyone to put ads there. What I believe is going to happen is that you're going to see because Google has said that you can do ad red ads. We're still going to put our ads next to them, but you can have your own host red. I said ad red ads. You, you can't have your own host red ads. So that, so you see this all the time in a YouTube video where the YouTuber, they'll, they'll, they'll do their video. They'll get three, four minutes in and then they'll tell you, and this video is sponsored by such and such and such. And then they go on, they talk about, they do literally a commercial for that advertiser inside of their actual content as part of their content. I think you're going to see that blow up. In the podcasting space, it's already a thing, you know, for podcasters. A lot of podcasts do host red ads. I just think you're going to see those things become, um, you know, just pervasive throughout all of podcasting because now it's like, okay, well, if I want to do something off of, if I want to do something off of YouTube, but I don't want to have to create one piece of content for off YouTube and then another piece of content for on YouTube. Well, how can I create one piece of content that'll work in both places? That's that's going to be host red ads. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I do understand why so many people are upset. They thought that Google was going to go fix this, this problem with discoverability, this problem with uh, virality when it comes to podcasts. That's not what they're doing. They're saying we can make more money if we put podcasts easily on YouTube, because it was funny uh, in our green room, you know, Terrence, you and I were discussing how I was saying, it's like, well, yeah, people have to, they now only have to click one button. He's like, well, that's really all I do. And it's like, I I know your process. It isn't necessarily difficult, but it's something you do every single week to make sure that people can watch us on YouTube every week. You actually are going out and, you know, what what would you say take you five, five, 10 minutes to, you know, put the show up every week to edit it or put it up. Just to put it up. Like two seconds. Okay. But, (laughs) but, but it's a thing you do every single week. So folks are thinking that's the level of ease they want and to keep all the ads. And that's, that's just not what it is. RSS will make it easy to get the content there, but that content's going to be treated like a YouTube video. And just to make sure people understand that when you listen to the tech John on Apple podcast, you're not, you're not getting the content from Apple. Apple is just redirecting you to our server where you're downloading our show and listening to it. Same thing with currently with Google, same thing currently with Pocket Cast and all these other podcasting apps that you might use where YouTube is different. When you go to YouTube and get the video from YouTube, that's because Terrence has posted the video that week to YouTube and its own independent thing just on YouTube. And if we were to put it on Twitch, we'd have to go post it there. And if we were to put it on TikTok, we'd have to go because you know, they're, they're now allowing 15 minute videos. If you had a really short show, and we want to put it on TikTok. We'd have to physically go do it there. That's what's different about the YouTube space right now. And it's not really changing in the way I think a lot of people thought it would. It's, it's going to be yeah. interesting because I mean, you, you have a whole lot of podcasters, a lot are upset. And someone asked me earlier today, it's like, Robot, doesn't this piss you off? It's like, this, it does, it would if I would have been shocked by it, but I've been around long enough to know it's like, wait a minute. Google is all about making money first. What, you know, uh, if we could do something good for the community, great, but we're going to make sure we're making money as we're doing. They're not a nonprofit. They're going to make money first. So it's like, well, 
my initial thought was, well, the RSS and YouTube could be great as long as I can continue to run my ads the same way that I run. Because if not, you know, what, what does it become? It what, becomes what, a math problem. You got to literally pull out a calculator and see what what makes sense. Does it make more sense to actually have the ads that you currently have running on your show and not be on YouTube? Or do you actually for YouTube pull those ads out and then get to the point to where you can get monetized inside of YouTube and get the ads from there? I'm guessing for most folks, the latter is probably the the better thing because what YouTube will do for you is give you the opportunity to be found more easy. It's way easier to find a YouTube video than it is to find a podcast. So so um and to add to that, right? We 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 are saying, you know, putting putting ads in and pulling ads out, you know, just a little bit more inside baseball. We, the tech John, don't have advertisers that are coming to us and saying, hey, here's a clip. Here's a script or whatever the case may be. Uh, here's an audio file. I need you to add this audio file to your podcast. The podcasting hosts that we work with, they themselves, the host gets ads and inserts them mm-hmm. automatically yeah, dynamically to exactly. our podcast. Right. We are not taking an audio file and adding it to our podcast and then uploading it to the host. So then, you know, then for whatever reason, Google says, nah, we can't do that, you know, um, because whatever the case may be, right? What, uh, which actually makes sense because like you mentioned, Rob, a lot of people, a lot of hosts, a lot of podcasters, when they do get those deals from the brand, what they do is like you said, they'll read the post, the ad inside of the actual video right Mm -hmm. you know so even doing it that way is still it's not it's not as much of a hurdle as these podcasters think it is they are they were just so used to uploading an audio file to their host their host working out this crazy deal with these advertisers the hosts themselves breaks up the audio file in order to in- input the ads that they brokered with the advertisers, any deals that we, the actual po- podcasters or the publishers, the actual creators of the content, if we get a deal, we were going to do that anyway. I mean, I listen to a bunch of podcasts that are just audio only and they read ads mm-hmm. themselves because the deal that they got with the brand directly is different than the ad that the podcast host brokered when we agreed to upload our content. So yes, like you mentioned, it's an extra step to actually have to publish an audio feed, upload it to your host, let the advertise, let the host work their deals. And then if I want to also be on YouTube podcast or whatever you're going to call it, have to read the ads or go reach out to the pop, um, um, advertisers directly mm-hmm. get the ads read them in line and then upload it's just like an extra step yeah i just think people just thought google was just going to play ball the way pre- pre- previous podcast hosts do and google was like nah son no nah. <laughs> literally they're really like no we're, we're not doing that and uh, like i said we, we, we definitely get into the, the the inside sausage making on this but for the overwhelming majority of podcasts, and I, I'm not stumping one way or the other. I absolutely understand why people are upset because if you were thinking that Google was going to make podcasting better and now you see, oh, you're not making podcasting better. In some ways, you might even be making it worse. I understand that. 
But I also understand that the company is a publicly traded company that is all about making as much profit as humanly possible and then even algorithmically possible and all those kind of things. That's what they're going to do. So I was kind of accept, you know, you know, I was, I, you know, accepting it. I was kind of expecting this is probably a better way to say it when this came out. But we, we will see what makes sense, uh, for us. But as I said, I do, I do think this is going to happen. Those host red ads, the kind, the, the second type you were talking about, Terrence, where you actually read the ad in the actual confines of the show. I think you're going to see that just go ridiculous because people want to, you know, they, they're going to still want to be on their podcasting apps, but they're definitely going to want to be inside of YouTube as well, just for the discovery. And I don't even think we mentioned this. YouTube is the number one podcast listening app. It doesn't matter if you are YouTube video or if you're YouTube audio. It is it is number one for podcasting in front of Spotify, in front of Apple. So that's why Google's doing this because, oh, wait a minute, we can make some money off these podcasts. Because they can. Yeah. So, y'all, let's get to this next story here. And this this one is also, you know, it's probably going to be a quick hit for us, but it's also kind of about YouTube. And this is is TikTok coming for YouTube because I I, I kind of buried the lead a little bit. But TikTok, they actually have opened up 15 minute videos. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I don't I don't know that I want to watch a 15 minute TikTok video. I, I struggle to get through the 10 minute videos now, but they are testing the ability for users to upload 15 minute videos. The company confirmed to TechCrunch on Monday. The social media giant said the new upload limit is being tested in select regions with a limited group of users, but declined to share specifics. This would increase the total video upload limit from 10 minutes to 15 minutes. Um, so, you know, I think some people are saying that this may be a, a sort of shot at YouTube. And they have also further inched into YouTube's territory with horizontal full screen mode that mm-hmm. is being tested in select regions as well. So, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this plays because that this is not what people use TikTok for. Um, you know, this is not what I, and I spend a lot of time, probably way too much time on TikTok. Um, this is a 15 minute video is not what I go to TikTok to watch. So I would, um, scroll immediately scroll past about a, after a minute or so, you know, it, unless that content really grip me. And even then I'm only probably getting through about five minutes of it before I'm bored and ready to scroll to the next thing. So um, this will be interesting. I don't, I don't think this is going to necessarily work the way they think it's going to work because this platform just is is it really, yeah, it's just a different place, not designed for that. And I don't think they need to be trying to stretch it in that way um, because I just don't think they're, they're, their target audience wants that type of content. And I'm definitely not the target audience because I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok hardly at all. Um, and the reason why I don't <laughs> is because the way they're doing TikTok videos now drives me insane. And what I mean by that is they know they only have got a certain amount of time. I don't know what the limit is. I don't know what traditionally how long TikTok videos are, maybe 90 seconds, maybe. I'm not sure because I don't spend a lot of time on there. But the reason why I don't is because they know that they need the, they meaning the publishers, content creators, they know they need to get you to watch the whole video in order to make any sort of dent as far as getting some money from TikTok. So what do these creators do that drives me crazy? 
they bury the lead. Oh, of, of course. The subject of the video, they will drag out all of this crap in the be- in the whole video just to get to the end and say, click on the link to get to part two. And I'm like, and I'm out. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. what, what, what I, the only benefit I could see to this is changing how TikTokers specifically, which is not fair to them, but that's what they're trying to do. If they're trying to keep up with YouTube is maybe changing how creators put content on TikTok. Maybe like if they've got 15 minutes Instead of the content creators, fair to them saying, all right, let me play, let me, let me play this game and split this content into two and three and four and five, part six, part 13 to get more people to watch. Well, I don't have to do that. I can just put up one 15 minute video and then get everything out that I want to say traditionally or similar to how a YouTube video is. And then maybe you'll get people like me. Again, I'm not the dynamic. So. You know, this is in one area, out the other. But I would watch a TikTok video if it was similar to YouTube in the sense that there is one video, 10, 15 minutes long. In this video, we're going to discuss that. Da, 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 and you go through all those points versus the way TikTok works now. It's like, yeah, bury the lead, bury the lead, bury the lead, go to part two. And I got to fuddle around to find the rest of the story that you got me hooked on in this first 90 minutes. It's like, Eh, I'm out. So I'm not the demographic, but I could see TikTok trying to get people to change that to, to get, you know, people to watch it longer. And maybe there's some benefits in watching a 15 minute video on TikTok versus a 90 second. one. I think um, and Stephanie, I like how you phrase this. Is TikTok coming for YouTube? I think the answer is yes, because if you remember back last year, I, I believe it was first quarter of last year. That is when TikTok overtook YouTube. Um, and overtook Google as the number one website and they held on to it for all of 2020 or well, for most of 2022. I would believe it was Q4 when they lost it. YouTube, on the other hand, they recognized over the years that, OK, TikTok is coming for us with all of these short form vertical videos. So what did YouTube do? They created YouTube shorts. Now it took a minute for them. It took, it took a minute for them to get right with it, but shorts are a thing now. And people really, you know, people go to YouTube specifically to watch the shorts, just like they would go to Instagram to watch stuff, just like they would go to TikTok to watch stuff for, for that vertical format. Well, TikTok, as I said, it became the number one website on earth in 2022 and it held on it for most of the, for most of the year. But what started to happen? At the end of 2022, that's when tick or when that's when YouTube shorts really started to hit their stride. And then YouTube got back in front of them. So now I think I believe Google is number one. YouTube is number two. And then uh, uh, TikTok is tied with um, w- with Meta for like the number three website. So they're trying to figure out what's happening because YouTube hadn't been about that vertical craze. Uh, that was that was a TikTok thing. And they said, oh, wait a minute, we have too many people that are not on YouTube watching these long 11, 12, 13, 14 minute videos are going over there watching 60 second stuff, 90 second stuff. Let's create shorts. Now the move for, uh, for TikTok is, well, we don't have even the capability to compete with, with, uh, you know, with Facebook or Facebook to compete with YouTube on the horizontal video that goes for more than 10 minutes. Um, let's, let's start to tinker with putting that content over here and see if we can get some of those users who are creating content here 
in the short form, vertical format, but go to YouTube to create anything longer than a few minutes. So I think that it's, it's, it's just a, you know, it was, it was YouTube's move with shorts. This is now TikTok's move with this oh, yeah. horizontal 15 minute video. And if it works, if they can pull folks, if they can actually get people who are creating videos that are under that 15 minute mark to say, Oh, wait a minute. I can go put this on TikTok and see how it does over there. I think they will. Why, why don't people put 11, 12 minute horizontal videos on TikTok? Because they can't. So that, that is the reason that they don't because they cannot do that. So if TikTok says, well, if we give them the opportunity to, will they? And I think that's what this experiment is all about. Yeah, it's definitely an arms race at this point, uh, for features. Um, but yeah, I just, like I said, I just personally, that's just not what I go to TikTok for. Um, cause there, there are some videos on there already that they'll start uh vertically and they'll tell you to they'll put a, a graphic on the screen to tell you to turn your phone so you can watch it in horizontal um i'm not sure what they're doing the film to get it to do that but um but they but you can watch some videos horizontally on tiktok currently mm-hmm. i don't even want to do that like <laughs> I, honestly yeah, I'm just, i don't i don't even want to turn my phone like i literally <laughs> just want to sit TikTok is literally where I go to zone out. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to, I want to mindlessly scroll on TikTok and 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 possibly pick up a nugget or two of some black history fact or some whatever. Like there are people I follow for actual real informational type of content. But for the most part, I just want to scroll. Like TikTok is where I go at the end of the day when I, you know, I'm, I just want to, clear my mind of everything else and and literally mindlessly scroll. So the idea that I would want to stop and watch a 15 minute video or have to turn my phone to see it horizontal, like I'm I'm just not doing that. I'm just yeah. not doing that. So. And to TikTok's credit, um that doom scrolling that you mentioned, a mindless scroll, I, I find it very hard to do that on YouTube shorts because what people are doing is they've already uploaded the content to regular YouTube. We'll call it YouTube regular. And what they do is they just cut that up for YouTube shorts, which right. don't hit the same as original content created specifically for and in the style of TikTok. There is a, like you mentioned, again, <laughs> I ain't that dynamic, uh, uh, but I recognize there are people, you know, like you said, like Stephanie, who, you know, want content that specifically is for and lives on TikTok right. versus YouTube shorts to where it's not original. Some of, a lot of it is. But, you know, um, it's different. The vibe is different. The environment is different. Right. The type of content mm-hmm. you get is different on TikTok versus getting a condensed version of a full YouTube video on YouTube right. short. Right. I wonder how many people are like you, Steph. I'm, I'm not going to TikTok to watch no 15 minute horizontal video, but how many folks are like, man, I'm not going to YouTube to watch no vertical videos like that. That's what TikTok and Instagram is for. I just wonder how many folks are like that. And if we think about, you know, to your point, Terrence, I think that's a lot of folks who create clips from their horizontal longer format stuff that they put on YouTube shorts. But then you got the folks like our last guest, Lamar Wilson, all he does is short form video for shorts. I mean, he, you know, he, he was, he was prolific with his longer format videos and he decided that, no, I'm going to go full born just into shorts. And that's all that he does. So clearly he has his stuff on, you know, on all the, on all the platforms, but he's just short term, short form video. And I think a lot of folks are doing that. 
So y'all, we started the show off with Terrence's AKA talking about Lauren Hill. And we're going to bring it full circle because we're not going to, we're going to talk about one of her, one of her partners in crime back when she was in the Fuji's, uh, prize. Uh, Steph, why don't you tell us what the former Fuji's rapper prize, the legal problems this brother's having because of some AI in court? Listen, poor thing. Uh, rapper Praz Michelle, known by many elder millennials as a member of the Fugees, claims his former lawyer mishandled his criminal conspiracy case by using AI to write the closing arguments. Uh, Michelle, who was convicted by a Washington federal court in April for conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and his new legal team filed a motion for a new trial. Um, they alleged that his old lawyer, David Kenner, used an experimental AI program to write his closing argument, which made fri- frivolous arguments, conflated the schemes, and failed to highlight key weaknesses in the government's case. So basically, uh, his old lawyer, uh, David, David Kenner, was using technology from a company called iLevel, uh, iLevel.ai that helps add GPT capabilities to customer service and legal applications. And they basically chat GPT their way to his whole closing argument. And he feels like that is part of the reason he lost, uh, his case. Not the fact that he got he did paid. it. Actually 80- did it. That's how he actually <laughs> did it. <laughs> Got paid eighty-eight million dollars for, for hooking up a boy. Um, right. Forget all of that. Yeah. It was the closing <laughs> argument <laughs> that had some, you know, I don't know if there were errors in it or or whatever. But they're this saying that this AI-generated closing argument didn't do what it needed to do to convince this jury not to put his behind in jail. Yeah, so, prison. That. Yeah, federal penitentiary. Yeah, prison, yes, federal <laughs> pit. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah that, that's different that's than regular. Yeah. My whole thing on this is that you hear about people getting academic fraud charges on them for using generative AI for term papers and stuff like that and actually being dismissed from university. And I can only imagine how you go to your parents and say, yeah, I got kicked out because I didn't just write a bad paper and get an F on it. I used something they told me I couldn't use. And these would be the ramifications if they found out if I used it. Yet I did it anyway and got kicked out of school. That's bad. But this bruh is potentially going to prison federal, the federal penitentiary. Like we won't know him as prize anymore. We will know him as eight, two, eight, nine, two, eight, seven. Uh, if because of this, uh, I, I can't even, I can't, y- y- y'all remember that movie with Bernie Mac and Chris Rock where, uh, Chris Rock was running for like, uh, head of state, head of he state and how Bernie, Bernie Mac was coming through. He was coming through the line when he got off the train, he was just smacking everybody as hard as he could. That's how I feel Pry should be with his whole legal team that allows somebody to use a chat GPT, that, that chat GPT, a GPT style AI from this company to create their closing argument. Even if he was guilty of all the stuff that they said he's guilty of, that's what you do to keep me out of prison. You basically cheated on your homework. All the more reason you shouldn't use something like that. The, the, the seriousness of the charges this brother was face is facing and, and, and will have to face. Um, like, and, and you used this shortcut and didn't like, I, like, that's what I don't understand. I just don't understand how, how reasonable, intelligent people 
are putting all of their faith in this untested technology so quickly? You know, why would you just let this thing do all of your work for you when you have somebody's life hanging in about their freedom hanging in the balance. Especially if I'm paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars an hour. And you go shortcut by going to Google. And you go shortcut. Yes. I I just don't understand how, 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 how reasonably sane and intelligent people are just fine with abdicating all of their, you know, Work responsibilities. To, to, responsibility, <laughs> yes, to, to these, to this, to this technology right now. When you, when you have to know that it, like, you didn't even proofread the John. Like, come on, man. Like, come on. That's that's yeah. just crazy to me. That's just crazy to me. Saray in in our chat is saying that prize is always in some kind of mess, and that is true. From, that is true. He is always in some kind of mess. But come on, son, you used. AI, you use some experimental AI to come so up with your closing argument. Did not proofread so that, John. And, wow. So probably what I think happened was he hired these lawyers. It was like, hey, I need you to do this case for me. And they were like, bet, pay us all the money, whatever. The case yeah. Be. And then they we'll did whatever they wanted because they was and like, they did. They went on and said, all right, we about to use this little shortcut. Go to I level, did. whatever the yeah, case he- may be and, and do this whole thing and, you know, save us some time. While still collecting this mountain of money, you know, exactly. right. And they didn't win. So like prize is like now trying to, you know, reach out keep to the behind out of jail. Say, hey, go ahead. What he, you say? Prize is trying to keep his behind out of jail. So he's right, looking right. for any reason to file an appeal. Right. And if I was the courts, I would say, Hey, that's between you and your lawyer. That ain't got nothing right. to do with us. Right. You need to go slap them around. Don't be up in our courts trying to appeal. And, and that's your true. Lawyer's lazy. And <laughs> yeah. that's true. And I think, and I think you hit the nail on the head. These, these lawyers, you know, and not that they can't service black people well, but I think they felt like they were getting over on like, oh, well, here's another rapper with another case because this this lawyer had previously represented other big names in music like Snoop Dogg's and Tory Lanez and we see where Tory Lanez is right now. Uh, we see how well that worked out for him. Um, but I think you know, this may be the, the case of some sort of predatory legal team and attorney that that you know trades in in uh hip hop and 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 rapper related cases and is just like whatever we're gonna get over we're gonna get this money this boy's going to jail so we don't care because he he's not going to be able to touch us because he's in jail in prison and they took a shortcut on the on the back end and and got caught and got caught out there i'd be curious to know how he even found out that they did that though right but Um, then again actually they 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 did because they said they pointed to his new lawyer pointed to kenner his old lawyer giving a quote to a press release for the company so this dude is out here saying probably had a side deal right affiliate marketing right exactly exactly (laughs) out here promoting this company wow and and using you know these tools and and just not really giving a shit about the fact that uh we may need to go back and proofread this or double check this or make sure that this might be something that could help this boy and he probably felt like Dude is guilty. We know he's guilty. He's going to do some time. So let's save ourselves some time. 
Yeah, right, right. <laughs> let's save ourselves some time and let the AI do do the work here and and let's go ahead and cash this check. And and that's that's a shame because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if you can make a case for the fact that he wasn't afforded due process because that's what they did. Uh, but that sounds like part of their argument here is that he didn't get his due process um, mm. uh, uh, under the law because they 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 cheated him on on the closing arguments. Yeah, that, but, but did they? Um, I don't know. This 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 sounds exactly like the kind of mess that he would be involved in. It it, <laughs> it really does. If you know, as somebody who has followed him for you know the better part of the last twenty years, yeah, he 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 does some shady stuff. It is in some shady situations, but. If your lawyer is using, if, if they cheating on the homework like this, do I, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't sleep in a Holiday Inn Express last night. I don't know how this stuff works. But if you're, you know, it's like Judge Your Honor. He used chat. He used the GTP. He used AI to write my closing argument, and it was full of holes and this and that and the other. And at least let's relook at that. You know, I, I don't know how this is going to work. Because yeah, like, I don't think you get yeah, to say I don't yeah. think you get to say that though. I don't think you get but to be. Like, I mean, you, he may not, but there have been people who have actually, been, you know, who said your our lawyer was so bad that you, we're going to grant you this. You uh, yeah, you, you know, could definitely say your yeah. your counsel was incompetent. Yeah, so incompetent, I, I don't know if I, he's going to be able to prove that with the, with the new team yeah. or whatever. But man, um, how did this this attorney not see this the case of the guy that just got disbarred? For for coming in court with some chat GPT nonsense that was untrue. Like, did you? I I I just really think this guy felt like I'm getting over on these rappers. I'll be the rappers attorney. I'll be the the quote unquote rapper attorney and take all their money and get over on them because they don't know better. And you and this is what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna just use this shortcut to, to crank out. The, the closing arguments in all of these cases, you know, Tory Lanez, better, I hope he's in jail reading this and saying, hey, you know, <laughs> let me take a look at what this dude did yeah. for me. And, and if and if I can get some kind of anything, but it's just you got to know which, who you deal with, man. Now we got to I guess we got to have that as a, uh, you know, put that in a contract. Like you uh, yeah. cannot use AI in my retainer. You right. cannot use robots. That includes anything AI, Rosie from the Jetsons, uh, you know, uh, robot from Lost in Space. None of them robots used in a closing argument or in preparing my case. And, and, and the AI company is even getting a bad rap here because it's like they didn't do anything except create some, uh, some, you know, some content or, or create some content created an AI supposedly they're supposed to assist lawyers, not actually do the work for them. So right. I, I kind of, in some way feel for them too, because it's like you get your company is now being drugged for this and you really didn't even have anything to do with it. Somebody improperly used, uh, your technology, which you specifically state is not to be intended to be used this way. So, so I'm yeah. on the, I'm on the uh, website. And uh, they've got an option uh, appeals assist. So maybe Prize can use this AI to write his appeal right, <laughs> right quick, fast. Right, and hurry. use the AI to write <laughs> the appeal. Right, get that yeah. done. I mean, that's just yeah. He played his he played himself for doing what he did in the first place. Crazy but, stuff. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, it was eighty eight million dollars though. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's crazy. But he, yeah, he he played himself. He yeah. plays himself. And you know, hired the wrong people, I guess. Met your people. So y'all, we 
did not have any new patrons this week. So I just want to remind everybody once again, if you would like to support the tech, John, if you'd like to support the way we bring technology to you, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John, that's the tech J A W N. We've got multiple tiers over there. Any one of which goes a long way to support the show. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John. And with that tech life, Steph, why don't you tell the folks how they can get at you? You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. Check out my website at stephaniehumphrey.com and get the book on Amazon. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. So come holla at us however you holla. Until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hey. 